Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Tuesday, October 26th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, game one of the World Series set to go tonight. The Houston Astros hosting the Atlanta Braves in game one uh, at Minute Maid Park. Uh, I, I guess to, to see Houston in the World Series this quickly after the whole cheating scandal sort of enveloped baseball at the beginning of the last year. Uh, does it does it feel like it's too soon for them to be this successful again? Joe, I I think to a lot of people it does. Yeah, I, and it probably rubs a lot of people the wrong way. I saw a tweet from uh, Nick Camino of all people on Twitter, and he said, "How can you watch a World Series and you can hate both teams?" So I I don't know I don't know what what he has against the Braves. Maybe because they beat the Indians in 1995. I'm sure that's I, what it I'm is. Sure I'm sure a lot of people are feeling that, that way against the Astros, but what it comes down to, Joe, is that's a pretty good team right there. They've been in the World Series three times in the last five years. Yeah, I, I think offensively, uh, they're a team that's had some pieces come and go uh, from their, their teams that were successful back in uh, 2017 and 2018. And, you know, they've been able to mix and match Jordan Alvarez, who hit over 500 in the ALCS uh, just looks like a, a guy who's who, who could settle in and become one of the, the better left-handed hitting power hitters uh, in the American league uh, for, for a good long time there uh, in the, in that Astros lineup. Yeah, definitely. You know, he had the knees, knee problems over the off season, had surgery on both knees, but he's come back strong. Uh it's going to be interesting to see what they do with him in the National League Park, Joe. What do you think? Would they play him out? I know he's played a little bit of left field, but then you've got to bench Brant Brantley. Right. Uh, yeah. If, if if you put him in the outfield, you take away Brantley's bat and you expose the outfield. I I, I don't know. Um, maybe you you use him as an early pinch hitter at some point. And, and move things around there, uh, you know, in, in what you think might be a critical at bat just to get the most out of them. But I can't see, uh, you know, taking Brantley's bat. Brant, Brantley's been just as hot as, as anybody else as well. He, he had a, what, a 16 game post hit, uh, postseason hitting streak. Uh, and, and, and just to see him finding success also, uh, you know, we can get into um, 
Indians uh, Indians fans having uh, their their heartstrings sort of tugged at with Michael Brantley and Josh Tomlin both being in the World Series. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I feel you know I don't know if Tomlin made the uh, the, the World Series roster. I, I think they I, haven't announced it yet. As as well, a, they haven't as announced a, it yet. Okay, but we know Brantley's going to be in there. I saw Tomlin in the dugout, you know, during the ALCS, and uh, he's got to be loving that. But I'm sure he'd much rather be active and have a chance to pitch. Uh, you know, he, you know, he was one of the one of the guys that carried uh, carried the mail for the Indians in 2016, and he, you know he rose to the occasion. So he's he's tested, and uh, you know, I if he's active, I wouldn't put anything past him. Yeah, I just remember time and again uh, in 2016 in their playoff run, the Indians turning to Tomlin when they just basically had nobody else to start a game to go out there and, and give them innings and and just just gutty, I guess, was the the uh, the the way to describe his performance in that postseason. So uh, there, there's no metric, there's no uh, there's no statistic that measures that uh, that that Josh Tomlin can bring for sure. Uh, we, we talked about the. The other sort of uh, storylines and, and um, connections between the two clubs uh, playing in the World Series, uh, the, the Snitker family has already won a World Series, I guess, just by virtue of showing up. Uh, um, the, the manager in, in Atlanta and the hitting coach in Houston, uh, father and son there um, uh, on, the, on the field, in the dugout, uh, you know, though at least one of them is going to take home a World Series ring. Yeah, Troy Snicker is the, uh, the hitting coach for the Astros. And, uh, you know, and Brian Snicker is the manager of the Braves. So that's kind of a cool uh, equation right there. Mm -hmm. uh, and I wonder, you know, what do they have dinner after game six, get the first game and second game? Or do they what's the what's the conversation around the dinner I, table? I, I got to believe that their communication, at least for the next week or so, is going to be limited to uh, maybe a text here or there. Uh, it, it, it's still professional. It's still, you know, they're both trying to win a World Series, and and uh, you don't mess around with that, even if it is your your own uh, your own son. I couldn't imagine trying to do so, trying to, you know, game plan to neutralize your son's, uh, you know, hitters. I, I think that's that would be interesting uh, to to, yeah. try and, to try and do. I'm sure there's, they're both proud of each other. You know, that's got to be a big uh, bond between those two. Right. Uh, speaking of proud, uh, Dusty Baker, who began his career in Atlanta uh, and, and played with Hank Aaron in Atlanta, uh, is, is now back, you know, managing against Atlanta in the World Series. Uh, this is a, a sort of a full circle moment for, for Dusty Baker in his career. Yeah, just, uh, you know, a guy that really – he was the perfect tonic for uh, the Houston Astros when they signed him after A.J. Hinch had been fired and suspended for a year in the wake of the, uh, the cheating scandal. You know, he kind of calmed the waters. Uh, it wasn't, you know, he was kind of the outsider that could come in and just, you know, kind of get control of the clubhouse and steer that team, uh, you know, through the pandemic, through the uh, aftermath of the cheating scandals. And now he's back in the World Series for the first time since 2002 with the Angels when, you know, they lost that heartbreaker, uh, you know, when, when he was a manager of the Giants and they lost to the, to the Angels. Right. Uh, you, you know, I, I, you know all you need to know about Dusty Baker, I guess, uh, from a third-person perspective. Um, 
I get it through through Tito and the uh, the amount of respect that Terry Francona has for Dusty Baker, and that goes all the way back to when Dusty was playing with uh, you know Terry's dad Tito, and you know treated Tito and, and Tito treated uh, you know Dusty you know basically with a lot of respect, and uh, you know because back then it was it was still a, a time when there was a lot of you know racial turmoil and, and whatever in, in the country and in, uh, in baseball. And, uh, you know, Dusty went out of his way to tell Terry Francona, you know, Hey, your dad, you know, sort of treated me with respect and like a, like a man and like a ball player. And he never forgot that. And, and Terry tells that story. And it's, it, you can tell that he's, he has a lot of respect for Dusty Baker as, as a person. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, the guy's been, you know, and, and it, it's kind of interesting to watch him manage this, that, uh, that ALCS, Joe. I mean, uh, you know, while everybody is, uh, you know, throwing together their, their rotations, their, their pitching staffs and, you know, two got two innings here, two innings there. He kind of like it at the end of the, you know, ALCS when he had nobody else, their rotation had done nothing in the, in the, they pitched about what, 10, six, six, 10 combined innings in the first, uh, uh, four games, he turned it over to two starters that, you know, uh, uh, Framber, Fran, Framber Valdez and, uh, and a kid, uh, I can't think of the other guy's name. Uh, Garcia. Yeah, yeah, Luis Garcia. And they came through with traditional starts to really put them in the World Series. So that was really interesting. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how far those two guys can go in, in, in the World Series. Yeah, for for a guy who's as as old and as old school as Dusty Baker is, it's interesting to see him, you know, uh, sort of go back and forth between the new school at analytics and sabermetrics type, you know, philosophies and the old school. He he really does, uh, just like Tito, he really does blend both both philosophies uh, really well, and uh, he's he's certainly going to have garnered some consideration for Manager of the Year. Uh, I, I know for a fact he'll be getting some votes, um, but there's uh, there's it'll be interesting to see how how he handles this this World Series uh, with these these Astros and and uh, facing the Braves, who you know we really didn't talk a lot about the Braves here, but uh, they're they're nobody to sleep on either. They've they've still got a, a lineup that can hurt you in a lot of different ways, with Freddie Freeman in the middle there, uh, and and just getting a lot of production from a lot of different areas. Yeah, you know, uh, of course, uh, uh, Eddie Rosario had the big uh, NLCS hit 560 to uh, win the MVP. And like you said, Freeman, Duvall, you know, that that uh, Anthropolis, their GM, just kind of turned that team around at, at the All-Star break by, you know, impo- you know, trading for those four outfielders. And that really kind of ignited that team. And uh, they just took off from there. And it, it, it's really, you know, usually you don't see, you know, uh, front offices hit on that many trades that quickly, but you know, Soler, Duvall, uh, Jack Peterson, and then Rosario all, all came through for those guys and really kind of drove that, that team through the, through the postseason. I mean, to the, to the NL East and then through the postseason and then uh, to the world series. Well, and that was all really driven by, you know, they lost Ronald Acuna jr. To a season and a season ending injury. And that's why they had to make those moves. Uh, and imagine what this team would be like if they were playing at this level right now and they had Acuna at the top of that lineup as well. 
Uh, it's kind of scary to think about, but, uh, you know, the, the, the Astros won't have to face Acuna uh, in the lineup. So uh, there, there's at least that, but it should be a, a pretty fun series to watch. Looking forward to it uh, beginning tonight uh, in Houston. Wanted to take a minute here uh, to mention uh, Jose Ramirez, the Indians all-star third baseman, um, nominated is one of the finalists for the Silver Slugger Award at third base in the American League. Uh, faces some pretty pretty solid competition uh, at, at third. Um, in in Rafael Devers uh, is another one of the finalists, and I uh, the, the third third finalist escapes me. Kyle Seeger from Seattle. Oh, Kyle Seeger. Kyle Seeger, who, uh, you know, turned it on at the end of the season for uh, the Mariners as well. Uh, are Ramirez's numbers enough to get him his fourth Silver Slugger award in the last, what, you know, five, six years? I think that, you know, I think it's going to be really close, um, you know, with between Devers and, and uh, Ramirez. Um, you know, Devers hit 38 home runs, 113 RBIs. You know, um, Jose had 36 and 103. Um, Jose, um, you know, uh, they, uh, Jose scored more runs. Uh, Devers played more games. Seager only hit 212, but uh, he had played the most games of the three, 159. He had, you know, 35 home runs, 106 RBIs. But, uh, you know, he had a 7-2-3 OPS. Um Devers had an 8.890 OPS and uh, and uh, Ramirez had an 8.93 OPS. So you know it's it's I think Devers and and Ramirez are probably you know one one way or the other they finish one two and you know Jose's could this could be his fourth Silver Slugger award. So you know that's uh, that's a, that's quite an accomplishment. Right. Yeah. To to be at the top at your position over a, a you know a five year stretch like that. A uh, four or five year stretch like that is 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 noteworthy for sure. Uh, Ramirez, you know, you, you kind of look up and all of a sudden in September you you look and see the numbers are where they are, and you're you're like, oh yeah, well he had a, another you know MVP season. He could finish anywhere between what fourth and tenth in in MVP voting this year. I I would imagine uh, somewhere in that range as well. Uh, but Devers is right there. Devers, and, and if you look, you know, Boston made the playoffs. Boston, uh, you know, went to the American League Championship Series. I think, you know, of course the votes were in before that, but uh, I, I think that'll probably carry a little more weight with voters. Uh, the, you know, the, the award is voted on by, uh, I'm pretty sure, players and coaches as well. Yeah, players and coaches from, uh, you know, each team gets four votes and uh, the manager and he, uh, you know, the three, uh, the three coaches of his choosing can vote on the award. Okay. Well, you know, there's a, there's a chance because Jose Ramirez has definitely made an impression on enough, uh, enough managers and coaches in his time. Uh, but, you know, Devers did have a really good season. So uh, don't be surprised if Ramirez finishes second to Devers. And uh, you know, if he does, it's, probably not uh, as, as big of an outrage as, you know, fans in Cleveland might think it would the be. The one thing, Joe, uh, that kind of jumps out at you when you compare the three guys, Devers struck out 143 times, Seeger struck out 161 times, 
Wow. And uh, Jose struck out 87 times. So, you know, that's why he's got the edge in the OPS. One of the reasons he has the edge in OPS. Right, yeah. He, he gets on base definitely uh, a, a lot more. And, and that's why the run scored was, was as high as it was, um, for sure, for, for Ramirez. All right. Well, uh, uh, we'd, be, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention uh, a, uh, a significant birthday for the, in, uh, the Indians Cleveland franchise. Um, today, uh, Mike Hargrove, uh, his birthday today, uh, October 26th, um, you know, player, manager, you know, a longtime uh, coach, consultant with the team. Uh, what, are you, what are your, uh, you know, memories of Grover as, uh, as a player and as a manager here in Cleveland? Uh, just, uh, you know, I covered Grover as a, as a player, a coach, a manager in, in Cleveland. Um, a good guy, a straight shooter. Uh, the the best the best moment I had with with Grover was in spring training in 1996. After you know they they had you know had just that great 1995 season, you know only to see it it end kind of losing to the Braves in the World Series. And uh, we asked him in spring training at, at one of the press conferences, you know how long it took him to get over that loss, losing the game six to. Uh, to the to the Braves on uh, David Justice's home run, they lose it one nothing, and he goes, "I'll let you know." <laughs> he, he's and I bet he'd answer it to set that question the same way today. <laughs> it, it 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 you know it, he that's how hard he took it. He he, he was uh, but he was he was a, you know he had he was you know to to me he he was such a great um, great handler of people of. Um, uh, he had such a great read on, on his players, um, you know, cause that was a tough club to manage. I mean, it was the most talented team I've ever covered, but there were some difficult personalities on that team. And uh, you know, he could walk through the clubhouse. He, you know, he talked to everybody. He could get everybody, you know, he took everybody's point of view, but he got everybody pulling on the same end of the rope. And uh, that was it. That one is, is, was an accomplishment in itself. I thought. Yeah, I, you think about a, a manager who could, you know, sort of cajole and sort of stroke the egos of guys like Albert Bell on one side, who you never knew from one day to another what who might show up in, in Albert Bell. But you've got Kenny Lofton sort of bouncing off the walls and, and brash and, you know, all that. And, and Charles Nagy over in the corner, you know, quiet and, and shine and, and, and reserved-ish. I, 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 I don't know, man, it, to, to be able to, to deal with all those personalities at once, like you said, and get them to win. That's the thing is to get them to all believe the same thing and get them to win. Uh, that's, that's the most impressive thing that the Hargrove ever did. Uh, I, I remember my, my wife uh, was a bridesmaid in a wedding and I believe his daughter was a bridesmaid in the same wedding. So he was at the wedding and, and, we were all, and this was probably back in uh, the early 2000s, and everybody at the reception was, hey, yeah, it's Mike Hargrove over there. And everybody's, you know, talking is down in Akron, uh, the, the wedding was. And uh, it was just a, a real neat experience to sort of be around him away from baseball and not talking about, you know, baseball for a, a day. And, and just, uh, just a really nice, uh, pleasant guy. And he's also meant a lot to the Northeast Ohio community as well. Uh, he and his wife, uh, Sharon, have, have, you know, just done a lot in terms of giving back to the community. And he's been recognized with humanitarian awards 
uh, here in Northeast Ohio. So happy birthday to Grover uh, for sure. Lindsay, we'll, uh, we'll be back again uh, tomorrow with another edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. And don't forget for our uh, subtext subscribers, Wednesday night at eight o'clock, we're going to have a, uh, another, we're bringing back the, the, the Zoom chat with our subtext subscribers. So if you're listening and you're already a subscriber, uh, go ahead and uh, join us at 8 p.m. on Wednesday night. We'll talk for an hour and answer as many of your questions as we can. Hoinsey, looking forward to that and looking forward to tomorrow's podcast. Yeah, that'll be cool, Joe. I mean, I know that's always a popular thing, and uh, hopefully we can handle all the questions that come our way. Uh, that's what we're here for. Okay, we'll talk to you again next time on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. <laughs>